My name's Caitlin, and I am reporting live from Reno, Nevada. Oh, well done. And I'm Zach, and uh, this is gonna, I'm going to do my best to be fair and balanced today. Uh, that's, that was the old Fox News slogan. They didn't emulate that very well. So I'm going to, you know, be the change. I'm going to do my best to be fair and balanced. I don't think it's going to, I don't think I will be. But Did you know it's not a joke try. if you have to explain your joke? Yeah, you've told me that many times before. <laughs> <laughs> but I just want everybody, unlike Fox News, I want Crystal everybody clear. to be informed. Yeah, I want them to be informed of what we're doing. You yeah, have I, journalistic I, integrity. <laughs> So it's your responsibility to report facts. Yep, I'm just here to just try to make sure everybody understands, you know. Well, uh, in that spirit, welcome to uh, the most manipulating of the manipulating the masses. Don't give yourselves to brutes, men who despise you, enslave you, who regiment your lives. Tell you what to do, what to think, or what to feel? Who drill you, diet you, treat you like cattle, use you as cannon fodder? Don't give yourselves to these unnatural men, machine men, with machine minds and machine hearts. You are not machines, you are not cattle, you, the people, have the power. All right. Caitlin. Can I, can I say something first actually can i get some updates we don't usually do updates on this podcast but i think we've reported on three very relevant topics in the news so i and i was listening back to some of our podcasts and i made a bet with you that the ufo uh news story was not going to break into mainstream media Mm, and i feel like i'm eating my words but i also (laughs) am kind of like it's one of those things where i was like has this congress meeting been going on for centuries and now they're just highlighting it in the news so tell us the ufo updates has it broken Uh. into Gladly to uh, stall. Yes. So uh, the UFO, they uh, based on the UFO story we discussed with the whistleblower, uh, Congress, the uh, House committee actually called a open hearing uh, to learn more about these supposed government cover ups coming in. They had three key witnesses coming in, one of them being the UFO whistleblower, uh, David Grush, that we discussed. Uh, So they had a full open hearing. Uh, And he repeated the same claims that he did in this TV interview that not only do U.S. government military officials uh, have uh, craft not of this origin, not of this planet, uh, but they also uh, have bodies. Yes. uh, Bio. uh, He called them bio something uh, available. And uh, he couldn't in the open hearing. He said it's still classified and I can't tell you, but I have a list that I am more than willing to give to you in a private setting. In a skiff is what they call it, which is like a secure hearing where everybody has to leave their phones and everything outside because it can't be uh, traced. So he said, I have a I have a list of willing witnesses and hostile witnesses that I think you should talk to, as well as I have the locations of all of these crafts, as well as the bodies that I will provide to you. So. Yeah. Did he give exact measurements on the bodies? Are they human sized? 
No, he didn't. And I wish that would have been a question. Like, what details can you give us about these? Um, But no, he didn't give us bodies. Uh, From... I'm big into the lore and from uh, the basic, I mean, you call them conspiracy reports. They, uh, I love Bob Lazar. um, One of the one, a documentary on Netflix, great documentary. I'll follow it up in the footnotes, but he worked at one of these bases where essentially said they called them the children. They were maybe three to four feet high. Gross. Uh, yeah, uh, they, that's how they referred to them um, no. because they were very small. Um, and they, he said, he said he didn't see any bodies during his work, but he did at one point see like uh, doctors taking measurements of seats, like uh, analysts, and they were working with uh, very small, uh, three to four feet high uh, type of creatures. Gross. <laughs> um, but I, it, so, is, is it your take that it's gotten into mainstream? Because you're the mainstream person. Like, yeah, I'm, in it. I'm, uh, I'm drowning in it. So I'm in all the little nooks and crannies. I'm kind of know? an anomaly these days because I've been trying to stay off of social media. And mm. I also don't I haven't even seen a news story in like eight months because I've been so busy with work. I know it's yeah, disgusting. No, it's depressing. No, it's, but I'm, I'm living you. under a rock, literally a rock. So, but yeah. I do occasionally go on our uh, company's social media, uh, and I have seen this Congress hearing. Yep. So I, w- but I'm also not seeing people talk about it. Like I'm seeing the hearing regurgitated in yeah, in its simplest form, but nobody's really making commentary on it. That yeah. that's like my brief interaction with social media over the past eight months. So yeah. I would say it has trickled into into mainstream media. So I I just had to give you a pat on the back. Thank you. Yeah, Thank you're welcome. You. So and, then, uh, oh, go yeah. Ahead. No, I, do you have any more alien things for us? Yeah, I I would say in the spirit of our topic today, uh, talking about Fox News being in the uh, Republican right leaning media organization. Uh, I actually watched the whole hearing because I'm a nerd like that. Like I turned on the live stream and I was like watching the entire time. How long? Um, while I was working. Uh, it was maybe like an hour and a half, two hours. Oh, that's I mean, not too it bad. was like I had it on one screen while I was working on the other, just kind of like listening in. Mm-hmm. Um, it was, I will commend this hearing and this topic in general. There are not many times that you see uh, Republicans and Democrats not like going at each other or sure, using this yeah. as a grandstand moment. Uh, it was, I mean, AOC was in there. Uh, Matt Gates was in there, like very polarizing figures on either side of the aisle. And they were, it was a surprisingly bipartisan mm. uh, effort. There was not a lot of hostility. They were genuinely doing what Congress should be doing and just asking questions, trying to get the answers that they need. So that's mm. my, that, that's, that was my take on it was uh, regardless of the information given, it is a, very bipartisan uh, issue, which is rare these days, right? Um, Maybe it's something we can all agree on is we're here to protect our universe against the aliens. Yeah, I mean, if they, if they, there's a lot of theories that, uh, what the hell are we doing just blasting, like trying to find people? It's like they, they say, like, would you go into the Amazon rainforest jungle and just start yelling out? 
like you don't know what the fuck's gonna come in and and kill you right like why are we doing this we have no idea what is out there why what their intentions are like why would we be blasting out messages so there's another whole theory to that i could talk for seven hours on this i think it's a fascinating subject so now i'm gonna move on to another update that we've covered have you seen the barbie movie uh that's where i've been living under a rock is i have not seen barbie or i would i would go to oppenheimer because that fascinates me but i have not seen the barbie movie either but you have correct yes i went this weekend and i cried and actually to be fair i was like holding back tears but Mm. my girlfriend right next to me was visibly crying and i wish i had known she was crying the whole time because then i would (laughs) have cried i would have like let it go but i had to be mature about it and be like i'm not crying on this um it was surprisingly empowering and bold and satirical and everything that you really would like so i just has Susie seen it no we have okay. not seen it. We have Seems not seen like it. Go you're see, going to the movies this weekend. Yes, we are. Yes, we are. We we are planning on that legitimately. Um, so we'll go see Barbie. What was your Rotten Tomatoes review? What's the percentage that you would give it? So good question. I mean, I was just about to say 100 I know. I, I saw it forming and I was like, whoa. Caitlin, I know. And then I got to check myself. I know. Um. I think there was, I don't know, it just had everything. It had satire in it, which I yeah. loved. It tore down the patriarchy, which I love. <laughs> yep. It it put men in their place. Um, and I think it was just a really surprising take on what a Barbie movie could have been. Like, I think it was really surprising to go in the direction that they did. Yeah. I'm really proud of them for doing that you know go margot robbie yeah i'm all about that um and uh i haven't seen the movie oh go ahead there's some more it had musical which who can say no to a musical yeah gives me bollywood vibes if it's kind of bollywood i love bollywood movies yeah and you know there was some pieces that i have to critique so the whole movie is about obviously empowering women and taking down the patriarchy. And there was a moment where there's a, there's an actual narrator. So it's very uh, mm. like post what I think it's, I think it's postmodern where you talk directly to the audience. Yeah. Um, yeah. And there's a point where Margot Robbie is saying how ugly she is and all this stuff. And the narrator talks to the audience is like note to the director margot robbie robbie probably isn't the best character to be saying this you know like talking about her looks and everyone's like i love that that was so funny and i was like um it kind of just totally missed the entire point of the movie like you're making commentary on margot robbie's looks when the whole movie is talking about how like looks don't matter (laughs) so that was one flop And then everyone was also talking about how great Ryan Gosling was. And I was like, Ryan Gosling was very average to me. Somebody told me it's like Oscar, like he might get like best supporting actor, which is completely disagree. Like his character was just, I I get it. He's playing a Ken doll. He's playing a Ken doll. It's not hard to play a Ken doll. You just have to be super (laughs) vapid, right? Like it doesn't take a lot of method acting. (laughs) 
Yeah. So, fair enough. anyways, fair enough. Well, those are my uh, two critiques it, of the Barbie movie, and you have to go see it. I, and it does talk about things that in there is in our podcast, so I don't want to spoil it for anybody who hasn't seen it. Amazing. But it does make reference, and I was able to point out, I was able to spit facts to my two girlfriends that I went with Ooh. before the movie. I know. And did you mention that Barbie these... was based on a sex doll? Because that's what sure we did. discovered in our. You did. That one stuck with me too. I was like, oh that my one gosh, stuck with I did me. not know. What was the other fact? What was the? Do you remember the other fact um, that you? Uh... Oh, I, I talked about how uh, she named her. Well, first of all, I knew the CEO of Mattel. Who makes a fine a spoiler alert? Please skip ahead if you haven't seen the Barbie movie. But Ruth skip makes through. a appearance in the oh, movie, really? and I was able to call it out. Yep, I was oh like, "That's gosh. Ruth. That's the OG." Um, oh my gosh, she's a badass too. Like real, yeah, we badass. love, yeah, we love a Ruth. Mm-hmm. Um, um, and then yeah, so those were a couple of call outs. And then my last update is Taylor Swift. How could we forget Taylor Swift? We have been covering some relevant topics, huh? Very okay, relevant. Yeah. So uh-huh. um, I went to her Eras tour, and I loved every second of it. And you then cried. I cried. Why am I so emotional? Hey, these are impactful things. Don't be. Yeah. No, no shame than that, right? And um, but then shout out to this podcast called It Sounds Like a Cult <laughs> because. <laughs> On the way back from the Taylor Swift concert, me and my friend are sitting there in in our car, and I'm like literally wearing this. I've been wearing this for three days. It's a Taylor Swift merchandise. <laughs> yeah, okay, for three yeah, days. Yeah, so we're yeah. sitting, we're be- wearing identical sweatshirts in the car, <laughs> and we're listening to this podcast that it sounds like a cult Taylor Swift edition. And we're like, <laughs> this is the irony of this whole image is insane. But um, I will say, you know, that in that podcast, they talked a lot about what we talk about is how she's really strategic in her appearance and the way she presents herself um, and the way she interacts with her fans is very she plays it off as authentic. And there was a moment in the era's tour where she's playing a song and then she stops and people are cheering and she lets people cheer and cheer and cheer and cheer like literally it's ear piercing cheering and she takes out her earpiece and she's like so shocked everyone's (laughs) cheering for her right like she puts on this face like it's like Mm -hmm. for me and she's playing into it she so she has like a little bit of a bit going on right Yeah, yeah but that moment was like like people just kept cheering but people would have stopped had she started the other song but she she just kind of pretended like i can't start the next song because it's so loud in here (laughs) and i was like i love i love you taylor i love taylor but that moment was so unauthentic to me i was like she's done this in every single city every single night of her tour just let the crowd go wild and plays it off like oh my god you're the loudest crowd i just have to stop my set for a second (laughs) so um we love taylor but uh she has a calculated image so that's my next update we love we love taylor that's the update 
But it works, right? But it works. I mean, I saw the story I told you that her show in Seattle caused like a 2.3 uh, seismic earthquake, which is wild. Well, right? and that's like, the moment. Here's the thing. That's the moment. You told me that before I went to the show. And I yeah. recognize that that's the moment where she just lets people cheer and cheer and cheer and cheer. And then I also remember when I lived in Seattle, that stadium is notorious yeah. for being incredibly loud. And Seahawks games have also caused a seismic yep. earthquake. So yep. at first I was like, oh my God, she's amazing. But now I'm kind of like, mm, the Seahawks have also done that. They have, but they actually, in the article, compared it to the Seahawks. It's called the Beast Mode run for the sports fans. Like, it's a notorious run by Marshawn Lynch where it's just in the playoffs and it caused like this huge seismic earthquake when he crossed the goal line. It, uh, Taylor's doubled that. Okay. That's where it was impressive. Yeah, I know. Yeah. I know the CenturyLink field is notorious, but Taylor's was the biggest yeah. recorded there. Yeah. So, but it was I'm in that you. moment. It was in the moment where she just let people <sighs> scream. So, I and we talk about it in the podcast. I have just no feelings about Taylor Swift. You know, people love her music. I have no feelings. I don't hate her music. It's not for me. You know, but I'm not like oh Taylor Swift. You know, I don't understand people that get mad about it. Uh, but I will just put the caveat in that I see on social media a lot of videos of people at the uh, concert. That is my personal hell. Nothing about Taylor. Just that is my personal hell. Like, I'm glad you had a great time. But that is, oh my God, I would be. I'm going to stop you. <laughs> because there was a moment where I was looking around and yes, everyone is dressed in glitter and cowboy yeah. boots and giving each other friendship bracelets. Like, and I was like, this is the type of womanhood that Taylor is cultivating. Love like that. people are not going at each other. They're giving each other friendship bracelets. People are exchanging friendship bracelets. And I would walk down the street with me and my three girlfriends and everyone would be like, we love your outfits. And then I felt empowered to just start saying like i love your outfit and you just get in this era of like empowerment love and that. i was like you know i don't think taylor swift has a net negative impact on this world like overall she's net positive absolutely, absolutely. and the absolutely. the community that was around me was like we made friends, everyone who we were in line with or sat next to, like everyone wanted to just chat all ages. So love that. I know that it's a lot of glitz and a lot of sparkles. And to you, it's a lot of white cowboy boots. And I was <laughs> just is, like, you is. know, this is fucking awesome. Let like live. Yeah. Let them live. I, so, I, I think that's a great recap. I couldn't, and that's why I'm not like anti Taylor Swift. I think you're exactly right. Like it is a net positive. It is women supporting women. That's wonderful. Uh, just don't make me go to a concert. That's the only thing. So let's All talk right. Fox News. Yeah, let's let's shift from Taylor Swift. Thank you for the updates, though. I love that you're coming in hot this morning. All right, eight a.m. Caitlin time. Um, okay, so uh, let's get to our main story. Fox News, uh, the opposite of a net positive impact on the world. Uh, uh, 
I think it's important to take a look at them, though. I, I would told you before that we started recording, I'm surprised we haven't covered them before because this show is called Manipulating the Masses, and uh, I don't think anyone does it better than the media uh, conglomerate of Fox News. Uh, they are true master manipulators, uh, and they do it really well. We got to give it to them there. Um, so they, they uh, I'll go through the history. I'll go through kind of the foundation, some of their early shows, and then we'll actually end on uh, kind of an open discussion of what's been happening recently and what we see the future of Fox News looking like. So uh, before I get into that, Caitlin, I love starting off with these questions since you're the creative in our company. Uh, uh, my first question is, have you ever watched Fox News? Mm. Have you ever turned it on and like watched it? Not intentionally. Not like I will walk into a room where Fox News is playing and I will sit there and have conversations with people while Fox News is playing in the background. However, (laughs) sure. Yeah. Um, but one example of me seeking out Fox News was when I realized that CNN was so left-leaning that mm. I was trying to be bipartisan. And so I downloaded the Fox News app. And oh. so I was, I know, I went as far as doing both and getting nice. updates. Um, so that's as far as I got to intentionally seeking out Fox News. Well, that's interesting because we're going to talk about their difficulty shifting to the digital space. Um, yeah, I uh, I hate watch it every now and then. To be perfectly honest, I why just, uh, why do you do that to yourself? Like it's it the the chemical imbalances in your body that it must. <laughs> uh, I enjoy debate. I enjoy, I think, talking to people that agree with you all the time is, especially in the world of politics, is uh, boring. So I like to see what other people are saying and then in my head debate them and say, well, I, this is your point, but this is why you're wrong. And then, you know, like I, I enjoy that tit for tat back and forth. So uh, that's why I'll hate watch it. Um, yeah. And it just it gives me it gives me ground. I do like talking. I have a lot of people who are Republican in my life. Uh, they do skew and I'm not afraid to like talk to them about it. I know it can get contentious with a lot of family members and friends and everything, but uh, I try to keep it middle of the ground and it just helps me win those debates because I'm competitive as fuck. Uh, basically, but I do hate watch it. But my second question to you is, uh, can you describe some feelings? Just the name Fox news, the brand elicits in you as a, as a person. Can you, I know you hate these questions. But uh, the feelings that it elicits. Yeah. Yeah. Stress. Stress. <laughs> I think that. that's like the biggest encompassing feeling that why I can. Stress? Fr- frustration, why? maybe. Why? Yeah. Why stress and frustration, do you think? Can you because elaborate? I feel like the Fox News are. Well, okay. Backing up. <laughs> You're feeling I, stressed already. You're, I am. <laughs> I'm, stress is bubbling. Okay. Maybe it's because. <laughs> 2016 to 2018 right when trump was elected yeah um i got in an argument with a family member who lives in the south and arguing with her was so stressful and that was like the first internet argument that i ever got into Oh, it was over the internet too it was the first and the last 
um, because you're constantly waiting for that comment to come in like what is she gonna say and then you have to be really quick and your blood boils your face literally feels flushed and you're just you're writing and deleting writing and deleting writing and deleting your comments and you're just trying to shut this next person down you're trying to like make (laughs) them look so fucking stupid and that feeling is what Fox News elicits. It's like, mm. it's the feeling of you, uh, I can't argue it. it. Reading these articles feels like I'm bashing my head against a brick uh, wall over mm-hmm. and over and over again. Mm-hmm. And the fact that I can't like argue with the journalist or whatever it is, it's like, why would I even put myself in that position where I'm like, these are so ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah. Or, well, it's ridiculous to you. I think, you know, we did have the episode on emotional morality and how people interpret things. And I think that puts it a lot into context because they uh, lean on a lot of kind of inherent human emotions, tribalism, the feeling of being left out. And as soon as you kind of see it like that, they're whatever ridiculous things they're saying. It's like, all right, you're just less evolved. Let's call it that. Um, so yeah, I'm with you though. It's stress, uh, frustration, uh, agony for me is like, uh, there's so many people that watch this and, uh, take it as gospel. Like how, why, what have they done? Do they not see the damage that they're causing? But I don't think that goes, I think that applies somewhat to all 24 hour news networks, you know, yeah. like it's, it's an unneeded uh industry in and of itself there's no news like cnn uh, i think their breaking news uh graphic is broken because it's just permanently up there not everything is breaking news Mm. you know like you gotta fucking it's an unneeded service in this world um but uh to that point uh let's let's give I, I i don't know i'm a big nerd about media so almost as big as ufos but a big nerd about media so like i've watched the documentaries i've read books about it like i'm a very i'm fascinated with the origins of fox news and how it got started and how it rose to the biggest cable news network in the country um so do you know anything about the history of it do you, uh, or is it no. just kind of like, so, um, Australian media mogul, Rupert Murdoch, Mr. Murdoch, which if you've watched succession, it's based on the Murdoch family. He's the Logan, uh, whatever the guy's last name is. Um, he is the, that guy based on him. Um, he had a lot of success uh, in the UK. He's from Australia, media mogul, bought Sky News in the UK, turned it into a the precursor to, for Fox News, a 24-hour news network that skewed conservative in UK politics. Lots of success, lots of uh, winnings. So uh, he decided to bring that model over to the US with the uh, launch of Fox News in 1996. You doing okay? I'm with you. Oh, okay. <laughs> it's like you just. <laughs> um, uh, so launched in 1996, and the key piece of this was he, uh, the CEO of Fox News at the time, Roger Ailes, uh, who was a conservative strategist. 
He was the first ever media TV strategist for uh, Republican politics, worked on Richard Nixon's campaign, and he had always theorized, promoted, uh, advocated for a specific news network for the Republican Party. He wanted a TV news network that was specifically... This was in the 60s. Like, we need to have a network that just exposes Republican talking points and, it, and, and is favorable to Republican uh, candidates because media is a fact-checking organization and Republicans were having a tough time. So Fox News launches in 1996 to only 10 million households. And this is what I think is, is interesting. They have their, their New York City headquarters couple blocks off of Times Square. Uh, when they launched, they were not in any major media markets. They did not, they were not available in New York City, even though they launched there. And they were not available in LA. They were not available in Chicago. They were not available in major cities, major media markets. They mostly launched to rural, rural, that's a hard word, markets uh, outside of these major cities. Um, so this leads me to my first question for you. We're going to get a little philosophical this morning. Um, there was, it was intentional. We talk about target demographics all the yeah. time, right? So they're sitting in their swanky New York city, mid midtown Manhattan headquarters, bashing these liberal elites that live in these major cities while they are a part of it as well. Yeah. Um, and it works, right? So uh, there's clearly a, and we know this in our marketing campaigns, there's clearly a divide between those who live in urban environments in America and those who live outside of those suburban or uh, rural, uh, I'm going to be extra emphasizing that the rest of the time, uh, environments. What? And a lot of times it said there's two Americas. There's, there's ones in the cities. There's ones that live out in the boonies. Um, what do you think? makes it so hard for uh, those two Americas to understand each other. Do you have any take on that? Why is it hard for people that live in middle of nowhere, America, Iowa, in Nebraska, you know, like why is it so hard for them to understand people who live in cities and vice versa? Do you have any takes on that? Well, I think it's just difference in lifestyle and where they're getting their dollars. It's rural America it tends to be farming country and, you know, and then you or go into the manufacturing factory. Yeah. So it's really blue collar and hard work. And then they see white collar America, which is what let's just I mean, this is a sweeping generalization. But let's it say is, blue but, yeah. blue collar is rural. White collar is city. And they see white collar as you don't get your hands dirty. You're sitting in an office. You're not doing shit. You're just like, you know, punching numbers all day versus me. I'm actually out here doing the work, doing the hard manual labor. And you get to reap the benefits of this. And then you want to talk about how eggs are too expensive. But you do even know what goes into producing eggs. I think uh, that's a really great point. And uh, and vice versa, I think it's I think that's from the the rural perspective. Right. Uh, yeah. And then from the city perspective, it's like these backwoods uh, people have no idea how the world really works. They have their little town of 1500. Yeah. Like, do you think that's a good micro. Do you think that's a good indication of how everybody works together? You know? Yeah. Um, good point. Um. And yeah, so the city folk 
see the rural folk as not worldly, not educated. Mm. Um, because to work in an office, you need a certain level of education versus working at a farm. And, and I'm not, I, again, sweeping generalizations. I'm not saying that yeah. you're not educated if you work at a farm, but you don't necessarily need a college degree versus working at Wall Street. You need a college degree, probably an MBA. Yep. Um, and so the white collar folk is out here saying that the blue collar folk are uneducated and they don't know anything. Yep. And I think Fox News just leveraged that so well. Yeah. Right. Um, and they 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 really ingrained into their messaging this idea of of especially like in the early 2000s. I remember watching it uh, because it was on in my household uh, and just railing against millennials as like the narcissistic generation. They don't just sit on their phone. They just sit on computers like they don't know the value of a hard day's work. You know, like they right. it, it was that was just common messaging. And I think that speaks to exactly what you're talking about like the 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 physical labor versus the mental labor of the jobs available in those areas right? and you're bringing me back to an older podcast and i forget which one but we were recapping like what we can look forward to in the 2024 election um was this idea of small town thinking and community focused versus worldly thinking and that's where mm -hmm. democrats and republicans very 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 so much uh maybe actually instead of doing democrats and republicans i'll say i'll stick to our our terms of rural and city folk <laughs> yeah. and yeah. i think rural is very focused on their community they want to know what their mm -hmm. neighbor is doing they want to be involved they want to help their neighbor out versus city is very isolated you're often living mm -hmm. in a one-bedroom apartment until you make a couple friends um, and, but your priorities are, I want to travel. I want to see the world. I want exactly. to, my, my, I want to see so much more than what New York city has to offer versus rural is I'm okay where I am. I'm very content. Yeah. There's a level of comfort. And for me, what I love about a city is even the traveling aspect, like at being in Chicago, I find new things all the time. I went to a restaurant yesterday that I've never been to before, you know, and you just don't have that. It's comfort level, right? When I go back to my hometown in uh, Grand Rapids, just outside of Grand Rapids, Michigan, uh, it is like I see friends and they're going to the same bars we went to yeah. when we were 22, you know, like 21. Like they, they're doing this. It's that level of comfort and familiarity. Yeah. And uh, the city folk are... are people like you know well adventurous and, and people like to be big fish in small ponds some yeah. people yeah. um and so you like to go to your bagel store and and the person behind the counter will know your order and know your name and there's something very charming about that me i shake every time i go to my hometown i'm like <laughs> who am i gonna run into and sometimes i'll run into people from high school and i'll be like are you ever afraid that you're going to run into people from high school? And I'll say that to them. Yeah. Anyways, I'm and off topic completely. No, but no, no. It, I, it leads to my point. Yeah. It is a fear of mine because I just wanted nothing to do with my hometown. I wanted nothing to do with my high school. I wanted nothing to do with my upbringing. I was like ready to evolve into the yeah. next species. <laughs> yeah. I agree. Or, or the next version of yourself. Right. I think the beauty, what I tell people I mean, that's is, more realistic, but yeah, next yeah, species. I think, 
<laughs> yeah. I mean, we're getting philosophical, but like I tell people like the, I've traveled a lot. I've lived a lot of different places. I know you have too. And it's like when I try to frame that to people, it's, it's when you go somewhere new, you're not beholden to the person you were, right? You can really mm. challenge oh. yourself. You get to, you get to, I Tear. know. Thank you. Um, you get to really, really reinvent yourself and figure out what you like and what you don't like. And is going back to the, that hometown is stressful for people because it's like you are beholden to the person you yes. were back yes. then, right? Like they don't see the change yeah. uh, that you've, you've went through, right? Yeah. Um, so it, I think it's level of comfort. But Fox News and conservative politics in general just leverages this so well. Um, I think what is that new controversial song, Jason Aldean, like try that in a small town like that is in in the uh, in a microcosm. It's like, yeah, it's like this small town mentality of like, yeah, we are close knit like you can't mess with us. We have different ideals. And Fox News uh, just leverages that so well they play they understand that and the fact that they launched not including the city that they are actually in is wild right did they do that you said that they did that intentionally but my um what i understood was that they just couldn't get into the mainstream networks no, I mean, they could. They, they started like a cable news channel, you gotcha. know, like they could they could have worked with people to get in there, but they chose to uh, maybe it was a budgetary thing, but intentionally choosing their markets, saying we are going to start with, uh, you know, rural America rather than city. And it's just every time I watch, I'm like, you're sitting in this swanky New York 35th floor studio talking about how these liberal elites are taking down your rights. And I'm just, oh, man, the fact that they don't connect those dots is just mm-hmm. wild to me. Anyway, uh, the so Fox News trudged along. It actually didn't really have much success for a while. It was just kind of like humming in the background. They got like up to 17 million. They started at 10, made it up to 17 million over the first three years. Uh, and then uh, the tw- 2000 presidential election happened. Uh, with George Bush and Al Gore, and that is what just thrust them into uh, the behemoth they are today. They saw a 440% increase in viewership during that election Hmm. um, because they were in favor of George Bush and the other networks were really uh, pro-Al Gore, right? And they were, like, advocating for Al Gore. Uh, So they were the alternate for people that wanted to vote George Bush. So, uh, yeah, they saw a huge, huge, huge increase in that. Um, And then surprising fact as far as as target demographics go, in 2001, year after that election, uh, Fox News ranked first for young adults, teens, and male viewers. Number one. Young adults, teens, and male viewers at what what stage? In 2001. In 2001. 2001. Before or yeah. after 9-11? After that. Oh, I think right around that time. Yeah, like during. So, um, Interesting. Yeah. So it almost, well, I'm totally uh, guessing here, but it leveraged a terrorist attack. Republicans tend to be very pro-America. Yep. And in that time, Fox News decided to create polarization instead of unification. 
I just added yep. Asian to both of those words, and I'm not even quite sure that they're real words. Oh, yeah, you nailed it. Unification, nailed it. polarization. <laughs> yep. Uh, yeah, you nailed it. <laughs> which is, yeah, it's really interesting that that was the moment that people decided to lean one way or the other. Yes. Yes. Uh, particularly what I think they do and they still do to this day. And we talked about it in our emotional morality podcast was creating an enemy. Um, they had a clear yeah. enemy. Um, yeah. They still do that to this day. Democrats are the enemy. Joe Biden's the enemy. Part, in particular, uh, recent Kamala Harris is the enemy. Right. Like they have a rallying point against somebody which is why i think you know democrats did well in the previous election because we had a rallying point uh around someone to hate the big orange elephant you know um we hated him everybody hated him so we had a rallying point we had an enemy to to really rally against and they continue to do that to this day it's is the uh, big orange elephant a common term because i actually had to think about what you were talking about i don't think it is i just <laughs> I, I came up with i just the on the spot I was like um, elephant he's not really think, that fat I mean he might be a little overweight but I not think he's fat significant. have you seen pictures I think he's significantly that uh, is where I draw the overweight. line I do we do not body shame on this podcast never never with the exception of of the orange elephant um <laughs> Uh, so, uh, yeah, I, it's, uh, we had a rallying point. So Fox News yeah. does this really, really well, right? You're bringing me back to those podcasts that we recorded where, uh, oh my gosh, I think it was a George Bush ad too, where they create that enemy, which is what you were saying. And I think the enemy was terrorism or just like, yeah. it's almost like a invisible entity. It's, it's this word terrorism, but nobody understands what it means, but we yeah. have to rally behind it because I, I I'm confident that this is a bad thing. Um, versus the Democrats maybe look into more pro it's a problem solving mode. Okay, this happened. How can we uh, how can we prevent this from happening in the future versus Republican is like, let's just wage war. Yeah, we don't know who uh, we're waging war against, but let's just wage it. Yeah, uh, I, I, the best analogy that I can come up with for that situation is like, do you have with your partner, you're just sometimes just frustrated and you just want to like vent. That's the Republicans. And then they come in with like solution mode and, they, and I'm working on this in my relationship, just not being always solution mode. And that can be frustrating, right? It's like, well, hey, let's talk about this. Did you think about it? And you're like, no, I'm just pissed off. And I want to be pissed off and I want to just tell you that I'm pissed off and yeah. bitch about it. I'm not looking for solutions right now. I right? want that to is... say that I never fight with my husband. We have a very beautiful relationship. But it just so <laughs> happens that. that last night <laughs> we had a conversation and he had to say, he literally stopped me and he said, do you want solutions yeah. <laughs> to this? Or And I was like, I don't want solutions. I want how it made you feel like I want you to vent back to me on yep. this. And yep. he was like, he like really fought through the, his sentences and he was like, okay, this makes me, it, was, it took everything in his body <laughs> to not give me solutions. But we never I fight. feel physically. No, no, no. <laughs> of course. Cap's wonderful. Cap listening to this. You're amazing. Uh, but I, uh, I, I, I'm the same. 
Like I'm learning and I'm trying so hard and I'm like, I just, cause that is how it works. But that's what Fox news does, right? They are just yelling at yeah. the TV. There's no <laughs> solutions. There's no policy changes. They're like, I, I checked their news stories today to try to get some like differentiation uh, with like the other ones like CNN and all the other ones are like the Trump indictment. You know, that was yesterday at the time of this recording. He went in, he was pissed off. The leading news story on Fox News is Kamala Harris uses mm-hmm. the same sentence or the same phrase thir- in 30 seconds in another speech gaffe. Like, there's, what is the solution? There's no problem. There's no solution. It's literally, they're just angry. She said the same thing three times in 30 seconds. That's also not up- news. Like, can we just stop and say, like, think about that? That is not news. That's not news no. to anybody. Trump being uh, indicted is news, is a news story. But Kamala Harris repeating her sentences three times is not news. It's not news at all, but they that's their leading story today, right? And they're just, like, angry. They're just mad. And I, especially, I mean, the irony after, like, literally spending half of a day determining what your favorite, what their favorite president uh, tweeted in Kafefe. They were like, it could be mean this. I don't understand. Like, they're trying to dissect a fucking nonsense word that he typed out and sent. And now they're mad about Kamala Harris saying the same phrase for 30 seconds. Like, the irony is just so thick. I can't, I can't even think about it. He think, they um, think that Trump is giving you Easter eggs. Like, oh, we got to crack this code. This is I mean, national yeah, that's treasure. QAnon. That's QAnon. You're, you're making jokes, but that's QAnon. They were like True. dead set on like interpreting his phrases and putting it into numerology. And like, here's the date that everything's going to like, it's hilarious, but it's terrifying. Yeah, but it's terrifying. Anyway, sorry. I knew I would get fired up during this podcast. Um, so uh, Fox News is leading the demographics. It's the number one cable network in 2001, and it continues that to this day. It is still number one to this day. Uh, because it's entertainment. Can I get some stats on viewership for TMZ versus Fox? Because they are the same. Uh, yeah, I mean, I could pull those really quick, but Fox is going to beat it out. Um, I actually pulled the top uh, websites, you know, because uh, we have access to that through our marketing tools. Um, and uh, let me pull the list. I, I think there's an issue with Fox on the digital age. I think cable viewership versus like TMZ is different. Um, but because uh, their average demographic now, 69%, 70, 7 out of 10 of their viewers are over 50 now. There, it's it's a massively well old because audience. they were teenagers in two thousand one. I don't think that math. They were <laughs> that math 30s. doesn't math. <laughs> no, no, no. They were in their thirties in two. They were young adults crazy. in two thousand one. Yep. yep, they were young adults in their thirties, uh, and now they're in their fifties, thirties and above. When two thousand one happened, well, um, I think, I mean. 30-year-olds, okay, I'm actually just going to stop myself right there. You Keep going, keep going, because I was going to put a foot you. in my mouth. I'm with you. Um, uh, so uh, they, they skew much older today, but it is important to look back, because I think why Fox News does so well, why they continue to be the number one pro network, even when all of these rival conservative news networks are now coming out, 
Um, they continue to be number one because of their programming. And let me just like give you when they launched. Let me just give you some examples of of what they launched with and some of their most successful shows. So um, it's the same model. Like you turn on Fox News during the day, and it's. They had like Shep's, Shepard Smith, who's like a, a world-renowned journalist. Like it's pretty mild, right? Like mm-hmm. the uh, Roy Woods Jr. during the White House press conference uh, made a great joke where he's like, "Fox News is like if you go into a Waffle House during the day, and then if you go into a Waffle House during the night. Waffle House during the day, it's a normal diner. You just kind of like getting your mm. food. At night, it becomes raucous and mm-hmm. nuts. And that is a great analogy." Um, but they had uh, one of their first shows was called Drudge. Are you familiar with the Drudge Report, the website that looks like it was? Yeah. Uh, yeah, that it was made in a 1999 uh, <laughs> web design class. Um, awful website. Your heart breaks every time you go there. Um, he actually hosted Matt Drudge hosted one of the first shows there, but he left after two years because executives refused to let him show a National Enquirer photo of a 21 week old fetus in protest to abortion. Yeah. So he quit. Um, the Back other when show they that- had morals. I mean, yes. the production company didn't let that go. I feel like they, they would, would definitely you- let that go now. They would let that slide now. Um, uh, their most popular show, their anchor, though, uh, was uh, The O'Reilly Factor, ah. hosted by Bill O'Reilly. Um, ah which started the network on the top show and continued it on the top show for until 2017. Um, when, uh, and I, most people say when he was, you know, a sexual harassment suit against him, but I'm going to go into details because I think it's important when O'Reilly was given a $27 million severance package after it was discovered that he called young women producers on his show late at night and would pretend to talk about news the next day, but clearly be masturbating <gasps> on the side of the line. Yeah, they people don't people leave that detailed out. The man got twenty seven million dollars after it found out that he did that. Wild. Wild. I hate men. I hate men. Yeah, I hate I hate Bill O'Reilly. Um, so uh, and the other hit show was Hannity and Combs. And this is where I want to get on our marketing hats, because Hannity and Combs was he found this little known conservative radio host named Sean Hannity. We all know him today. He's still at the network. Um, and you know what he looks like, right? He's got like that chiseled chin. Yeah. Look at him like he's got like he's like Americana like <laughs> you know like embodied right like he is oh, like oh yeah oh yeah oh yeah yeah he's got like the the strong jawline the beefy like he is he is americana um and he was chosen to host a debate show which was programmed as a de- conservative versus a liberal and who he picked uh as it was combs alan combs was a democratic strategist who's like this scrawny nerdy guy like looking at so it was very meticulously chosen to have this like Mm. um, embodiment of masculinity and and americana on the conservative side and this scrawny nerdy like guy on the liberal side roger ailes deliberately chose this um and it was a popular show until combs left um and uh, my question to you another philosophical question is you know, we do a lot of marketing. We do a lot of like we've t- we've discussed like celebrity brands and things like that. How important would you weigh 
the looks of someone giving you information versus the content of that information. Like yeah. At what, oh, hundred. Yeah. I would weigh it. I don't. What are we talking about in terms of? I would weigh this. Like on a sliding scale, fifty percent looks, fifty percent content, or would you yeah. say like hundred percent looks? Yeah. You and I know 0%. you were already I know you were already leading me in that direction because I can smell a lead, but <laughs> I want to just double down on this is that people are going to buy something from somebody who looks familiar and authentic and like they like they're comfortable around. If mm -hmm. somebody looks like somebody you don't already interact with on a day-to-day -day or somebody that you know you don't aspire to be it's not you're not going to sell anything including what you're saying you're not going to sell any type of content so i flipped the switch on you though you thought i was leading you but oh. here's, here's my because i agree i agree with your sentiment but then how do you as marketers uh spin this uh, push for body positivity uh, campaigns, you know, plus size models, things like that. If you're if you're saying that the, the information being delivered is what you aspire to be or what you hope to be. No, I mentioned that the person who is selling you something is somebody that you feel comfortable with, whether that go. is okay. an aspiration or whether that is somebody that you can see yourself in. So as an example, yeah, so this, this um, body positivity movement is capturing a very large demographic. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. America's average size for women is eight to 10. Mm. A model's size is zero to two. That is a model. Uh, mm -hmm. I should say a traditional runway model yeah. is zero to two. Um, but the average size of a woman is eight to 10. So although a runway model might look aspirational, and of course we've gone in different directions depending on what decade we're talking about. Yeah. Um, but mm -hmm. um, yeah, I think, I, okay. I, I think that's a good answer. No, I think that's a really good answer. Um, so uh, the other piece of Fox News, speaking of models, is uh, it, it was so visually based, right? Uh, Ailes, as the CEO, would often watch all the networks on mute in his office and be pissed off if his eye wasn't drawn towards Fox News, right? As a, and, and even being on mute, just the pure aesthetic of it. Uh, he would be drawn, try to draw to Fox News. He implemented what they call the leg shot. And you're going to just repulse at this. So uh, he required all of his female oh. anchors to wear dresses and then sit. Their desks were not like they didn't have the brand in. They were clear desks and they would <gasps> always be wide shots when the female anchor was uh, speaking. To what show year? off their legs. Oh, it's continuing to today. Oh, yeah. Watch watch a segment on Fox News. That's what pisses me off about Republican women. And again, a sweeping generalization. But like they are totally OK with being objectified. In fact, they prefer that that is their place in the home. And again, I'm sorry. I shouldn't say Republican women. I should say Fox News women where it's like <laughs> Lauren Boebert, where it's mm. like. Uh, they, Taylor, what's her face? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. They want 
to go back to, to traditional men and women roles. And so they're Is okay with being objectified. Yeah, is it that level of comfort, though? You know, it's like that small town thinking of like, this is how it's been. This is how it's worked in my community. And this I don't want to change that. I don't want to abide by some city liberal. And here's the thing. Right. Well, great. So uh, this is what I've done a lot of learning on is because my idea of feminism 10 years ago was I got to make my way to the top of the food chain in Mm. in my work culture and Mm -hmm. I can only make a difference if I'm at the top versus now that I've come a long way. And now my idea of feminism is like strictly it's the woman's right to choose. That is it. So if she does want to be a homemaker, props to her. Like, you know, that's where she feels comfortable. Love that for her. If somebody wants to be a career woman, love that for her. If they want to do both, love that for them. But what about if they want to be objectified, then... It doesn't. Is that feminism? I'm asking you though. Like, is it? If if, does it? Does it train? Okay. Okay. To be like, I want to be objectified. Like, I want to be. You know. Okay. I like it. I think that there is. So maybe I I look at like porn stars or somebody who that is their literal role is to Mm. look good and attract the male gaze. And I think that maybe that is empowering. If you want to prioritize your looks over everything else, that's your choice. I think you caught me with the word objectification because to (laughs) me that just like carries a derogatory term and a derogatory meaning and negative meaning. But if that is what you want to do and make you look, make yourself look as good as possible, plastic surgery, you know, that is your choice and I will support it. Yeah. I think where it gets ick with Fox News is they're delivering news, you know, and it's like it exactly. has nothing yeah. to do with their. That's exactly right. Bodies. That's exactly yeah, right. It, it's 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 catered to uh, the male gaze because that was their viewers. They lead. They led in news programs of male viewers. You yeah. Know? And like, there's a difference between watching porn and knowing that you are objectifying women and watching the news, knowing that you're objectifying women. There is a big boundary there. Yeah. It's tough. It's tough to grapple those two together. Yeah. I'm with you on that. Um, so, I mean, really quickly, I know we're, we're getting close to time, but I do want to talk about the fall of Fox news. Cause this is where I get happy. The fall. Um, yeah. Yep. 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 There's two like things. Like the that Roman happen. empire. They, uh, there's two things that happened that really caused it to slide. And we discussed one of them. The first is, uh, you know, in the early 2010s, uh, social media became so prominent, ingrained in our lives. And their viewership is, is not our social media typical user, right? They are, they are having a difficult time shifting to the digital space. They still dominate cable news. At one point, when I read this story, like, you know that, that their logo on the bottom uh, left of the screen that always, you know, they actually had to change that to be rotating because it burned into the TV screens of their viewers because they had Fox News on all day, all the time that you would turn off the TV and you could still see the Fox News logo because the pixels had been burned. So they actually had to change it to rotate so it wouldn't burn people's TVs. Wild. Isn't that wild? Yeah. yeah. So they they dominate cable, but they're having a tough time switching to digital 
right? They are not doing well. Uh, I listed, uh, the, these are all the news websites that do better than Fox News on digital front. New York Times, CNN, ESPN, People Magazine, USA Today, and Forbes. All of them do are ranked above Fox News. That doesn't uh, surprise me. Me either. Um, and, and actually where they're ranking is just above allrecipes.com. So uh, they they uh, they're having a tough time, which is why you said you downloaded the app. How was the app? Did you get in there? Was it just fucking chaos? Like their digital <laughs> their digital transition is awful. And I don't that remember is I it being chaos. Story. I honestly don't remember it being chaos. Um, their website. I don't know if you've ever been to it. It is like made for old people. Their their headers are like size seventy four <laughs> font. Like it's like <laughs> big, bold, like so anybody like can read them. It's it, like it's it's a it's the only website I know of that's built for an iPad. You know what I'm saying? Like they <laughs> oh they literally that is their old primary. people love a yes iPad tablet. or they, a Kindle or a tablet yeah, tablet. They fucking it is built for tablets. Like it is the only web. Other people are doing mobile first or like thinking yeah. about like we don't even <laughs> we're like it looks good enough on a tablet that's like two percent of our clients traffic yeah. get, get the fuck out of here um they are built for tablet uh so they're having a tough time a really tough time trying that's to get funny. any kind of stake in digital and the other thing is what happened recently uh with the dominion voting uh they i i it's been covered so many times i don't even need to get into it but they followed their big orange elephant being the mouthpiece, their modus operandi from day one to be a Republican mouthpiece. And as soon as that mouthpiece starts spouting some bullshit, uh, they followed along and they had to pay Dominion, uh, the voting machine company, $787.5 million. Whoa. Yeah. I didn't know those dollar quarters of a billion. They settled. It was going to be awesome. They were going to go to trial and get Tucker Carlson and Laura Ingram and all of their fucking bullshit hosts up on the stand publicly. It was going to be so beautiful. And then at the last second, they were like, yeah, we'll pay money. We don't want that. Yeah. Um, so, uh, and the, the repercussions of that are still unfolding. They got rid of Tucker Carlson. They've made staff cuts, immense staff cuts. Uh, so we're witnessing the fall, the, the blowback of that right now. Um, so uh, that's what I'm going to, the manipulation tactics of Fox news, uh, are amazing. I think to summarize really quickly, they're on the decline, but they had their fucking heyday of just dominating. Can you quickly recap in like bullet point form what those manipulation tactics are? Yeah, um, I would say first is uh, their slogan, fair and balanced. They position their positioning is they position themselves as the alternative to Mm. mainstream media. Being a company that's the biggest cable news network calling other people mainstream media Mm. is ridiculous. Mm. That's a manipulation tactic. Everybody else is, they are the other. Two, they create an enemy. It's always about an enemy. It was Tear. It was George. It was Barack Obama. It was Joe Biden. It's Kamala Harris. It's liberal elites. George Soros. the, The list goes on and on. Of they create an enemy. So they position themselves as an alternative. Everybody else is lying to you. We're going to give you the straight truth. Here's the enemy. 
And then uh, I would say in the last piece that they manipulate people is uh, they know they're a big mouthpiece and they are very strategic in the stories that they promote and the stories that they bury. Um, Fox News itself refused to report on the Fox News Dominion case. It involved them. Everybody else was in there. And when they did report it, they didn't even say the amount. Right there, like Fox has settled with Dominion over the blah, blah, blah. They didn't go into it. So they're very strategic in how in, in what they put on the screen. Right. Um, and what they put in front of people's today's an example. Trump indictment yesterday. Huge news. Everybody's talking about it. Their leading story was Kamala Harris said the same phrase in 30 seconds. That's the other manipulation tactic. Right? And so for the leg the for the leg cam objectify yeah. women get some shouties to report on the news i think that is part of it though they only hire good looking people right? traditional traditionally, traditionally good looking megan kelly you. is a fox reporter right she was yes yeah she was blonde blue-eyed like, traditionally beautiful gretchen carlson who is a part of that lawsuit against roger ailes was literally miss america ah um, <laughs> Like they they hire just what's that like, bimbo Tammy Tommy Lahair? Yep, she hate. had a short stint. Yeah, it is it is it is traditionally beautiful looking people, and on the male side too, like it's no different, right? Like strong I mean, jawline, strong jawline, waft hair. hair. Yep, yep. Like it, minus Bill O'Reilly, but everybody else, like the women there are are you know traditionally very beautiful and that's yeah. and they use that so they can say whatever they want and you're just kind of like yeah okay okay so those are the four points they're manipulation masters good masters. summary good summary thank you. yep thank you. and we've All gone right. over and we have a meeting to go to so it's been fun us. i stalled all right till well, next it's time been great till next week bye